Hey everybody, welcome to The Well. My name is Christian and I am so glad that you are here. Our hope is that during your time with us, you can acquire some relevant and practical resources to aid you in your journey with teenagers. This is episode nine, which is all about homeschooling hacks. So without further ado, welcome to The Well. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Well Podcast. This is uh, episode number nine, and uh, if this is your first time at the Well, this is an imperfect podcast for imperfect coaches, leaders, parents, and teachers, which nowadays it seems like parents are filling all of those roles. So um, we are so glad that you guys are tuning in. I'm super excited for today's episode because we have a very uh, dear, special friend of mine, Uh, named Mike Creamer. We uh, attended college together. We were sweet mates and we were we are fellow uh, spike ball enthusiasts Um, and the only uh, sad uh, quality about Mike is he's a a, um, Pittsburgh Steelers fan Uh, but aside from that he's all around a great guy so welcome Mike. (laughs) Hey man thanks for having me. Oh Uh, it's good to be here virtually. Yeah so tell tell people uh, a little bit about who you are because they're like Hey, Christian's bringing on this guy. We've never seen him before. We know nothing about him. What are his qualifications? Who is he? Do you mind kind of giving uh, everybody kind of a little glimpse of who uh, Mike Kramer is? Yeah, Mike Kramer. Uh, that's me. And you have so to talk I talk in first person the entire time. Always. I'm kidding. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went to Eastern University with Christian. I was a youth ministry and theology major. Um, I'm a big C.S. Lewis nerd. I have been a youth pastor out in Pittsburgh for just over four years now. Um, and yeah, I love good movies. I love binging funny TV shows. And I enjoy uh, the simple things in life. I'm just always at a coffee shop, either uh, procrastinating from some work I should be doing um, or having a good conversation with someone. But that, those are the simple joys in life for me. Yeah, I, I like the outdoors too. I guess. Yeah, that's a really good, uh, really good self description there, man. You should write a an autobiography. Have you thought about that before? Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. You know, for a moment you think about it, and then <laughs> you're like, "Wow, that's really um, wh- what an interesting way to start a career, right?" People yeah. <laughs> usually write those after they've accomplished something. Typically, I'm right? gonna write mine before I accomplish. Yeah. Something. How about that? <laughs> well, like, um, and people, you know. Well, dude, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, so Mike and I are dear friends. We do go way back, and um, and we both sh- uh, kind of have a commonality where we just care for people, young people, uh, and families. And so um, we haven't even mentioned what today's episode is about, um, but it's called Homeschooling Hacks. And it's really ironic that uh, both Mike and I are hosting this because we don't have kids, and uh, we don't know what it's like to homeschool. And actually... I, I I don't know. I've never homeschooled anyone. I'm sure. I don't think you have, Mike, on your end. I know you you teach students, but you've never homeschooled students. Is that right? No, I definitely haven't. Yeah. So some of you listening in are probably like, dude, why are these two uh, young people who have not homeschooled or done any of these things or even have teenagers, uh, why are they sharing about homeschooling? Well, here is why. Yes, we don't have any experience in it, but um, we do want to help equip you in the season because we realize um, parents, especially and teachers and a lot of people are navigating this for the first time, and uh, they're wearing a lot of hats, some that they've not worn before. 
And so what we kind of wanted to do is uh, gather some resources that we thought were helpful, that could be helpful and encouraging, simply to share them with you. And you guys listening are more than welcome to take as little or as much as you'd like home with you. And hopefully it'll just kind of make this season uh, a little more easier for not only you, but for your teenagers. So that is our objective today. Um, and uh, we're very excited to share some thoughts. So you ready to jump in, Mike? I am ready, sir. Sweet. That's what I like to hear. All right, let's get started. So we have, uh, I don't even know how many, uh, five or six or seven or eight. We might make some up on the spot. Ideas that we just want to share with you guys. <laughs> Uh, we're really good at making things up on the spot, but we just uh, had a few things that we wanted to share with you guys um, for this homeschooling season. For those of you who are now having your kids at home all day, we hope to encourage you. The first one is this. Uh, I know Mike listens to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I feel like, I, I don't know if I do it to just help my podcast. It's totally selfish of me, but uh, I also enjoy listening to podcasts to learn, and I listen to NB NPR's uh, podcast Life Kit, and they had a session on parenting. Uh, specifically for this homeschool season that a lot of parents are kind of engaging now. Uh, and their, one of their tips, which I really love that I wanted to share today, is this. Find passion projects. Find passion projects. These are projects and things that your young people, that your teenagers and kids can do that they are so passionate about. So um, ask the question, what do they really want to learn? Like, what is it that my uh, teenager, my student is so passionate about? What excites them? What are they eager to learn that they've never tried to learn before? Uh, and then it's creating the time and space to make that passion project happen. Um, and so, you know, what are they truly in interested in? It could be music. You know, let them pick up a ukulele or a fiddle. Uh, I don't know many people who can play a fiddle, but let them pick that up. Maybe it's a new sport like tetherball or Mike and I's favorite, uh, spike ball. It could be gardening, really anything. But what you're doing is you're inviting uh, your child to pick something that they might be super passionate about and then giving them the time and space to do that. Um, this will help with a few things. It helps them be a bit self-motivated, right? If they're passionate about something, chances are they will be eager to um, actually do that, which might be very much uh, contrary to everything else they might be doing in school right now. Um, maybe this could be an activity that concludes their time doing classwork um, because it gives them something to look forward to. And then it's just something that, you know, can be exciting and positive and good for them in this season. Uh, that's very difficult. And, uh, and yeah, it's difficult for so many people. So passion projects. I, don't, I was trying to think about what my passion project would be, Mike, but I want to ask you, if you could pick a passion project for yourself right now, uh, what do you think that might be, aside from Spikeball and C.S. Lewis? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, getting coffee doesn't really count as a passion project. I can call that self-care, you self know? Yeah. But I think passion projects can fall into that category of self-care. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Self-prayer, self-care. Um, and I know that's one of those phrases that people use to justify really bad habits sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I watched eight hours of Netflix. It's self-care. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of self-sabotage probably, yeah. but um, we're all guilty of it. Amen. Uh, for me, it's writing. Like, I yeah. have a lot of different ideas I want to get out. And so even if it's, if it's writing that no one will ever read, yeah. just the process of 
putting thoughts down on paper and yeah. telling myself it'll become something later, like is yeah. something I'm passionate about. Yeah, that's And good. maybe it never will. Maybe I'll share it just with one friend. Maybe yeah. one day it'll be a book or a fiction or something. But um, that's what I get passionate about is thinking through those ideas. But I think like the passion project idea is so good because you can really check in on someone like if you if all you do in life is just work 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 you're always running that rat race yeah you'll never feel fulfilled in those areas so you can really have that check-in point like hey what have you done on your passion project today this week yeah that's good and that might be the priority like hey stop what you're doing no more school work for an hour (laughs) just go focus on this thing yeah Um, and and block out that time because that will help reorient ourselves yeah during a time of kind of unprecedented busyness. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to hear like the instruction, go do your passion project, like go do something that you're passionate about. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, thanks for that. That's tip number one. And I, guys, I asked him that question and didn't even say that I'd ask that question. So great answer, Mike. Um, but man, can you take us to the second item on our list today? Yeah. So, uh, the second thing we're thinking about is, having designated workspaces in your home. Um, So one of the big issues for me personally is like when quarantine began, I'm not in school, but like, uh, well, actually I am. I'm a liar. Uh, I take some (laughs) classes at the seminary. So I I work my job uh, as a youth pastor. I uh, do classes at seminary and then I just live life after that. All of those spaces got compounded into one in my apartment once quarantine started. And I am not good at that. Like (laughs) I need my home space and my rest space to be one thing, my workspace to be another. I can't read books for school at home. Hmm. It's a really difficult way um, for me to find the way that those things intersect well. And so I've had to designate new spaces like, all right, this is my work desk. This is where I'm going to be doing work. This is my school area. This is where I'm doing school. So in your homes, like if you can designate like specific spots, like especially if you have multiple kids, chances are your kids don't want to be next to each other all day. It's just siblings 101. Yeah. So if you can have a designated room and maybe you don't have an extra room in your house or apartment, but maybe it's a designated desk or a designated corner. This is the school area period. Like, this is where work is getting done because that also will send some signals to the other people in the family. Like, Oh, they're in work mode right now. Like I need to let them do their thing. Yeah. And then you can get out of that space and truly relax. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And now what, what would you recommend if, um, cause I know sometimes, you know, the, the initial momentum is great. And you're like, this is my workspace. But I know for me, I would sometimes let that habit bleed into like, I would just let that space bleed into the rest of the house. Uh, and so do you have anything that you might add that we can do to kind of reinforce that or revisit that or evaluate um, along the way? And sorry, I'm just going to throw some questions out there. No, no, no. So there's a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm. by uh, I think it's John Comer. And it's one of the few books I would recommend to everyone ever. But the idea and premise is um, you, there are an infinite number of things we could do in our lives, hobbies, tasks, et cetera. And the only way to like, we'll never be able to do them all. So we have to choose which ones we want to do and ruthlessly eliminate the things that keep us from doing those things. Mm. So 
whether it's hobbies or it's tasks for school or work, like we need to create the scenarios that work best to accomplish yeah. those things yeah. for ourselves. Also building in time for rest. So to me, what I have found helpful is like the visual symbols of how things help us set those spaces. So when you think of vacation, some people think vacation, they think beach, yeah. right? If you see a bathing suit and sand, yeah. that means relaxation. Yeah. So chances are you don't want a glass of sand on your work desk because it's just going to remind you of the fact you're not on vacation anymore. It's right. So, so yeah. think about the things that will help you put yourself into that mindset. Something that I've done personally, I've taken off email notifications from my phone. Okay. So I can still get emails to my phone, but it doesn't notify me on the notification bar. Yeah. That way, I'm not constantly checking emails all evening long when I'm in relaxation mode sure. because I've separated that to the work day. Like yep. there are a few things that are going to happen in your job. Well, I shouldn't presume that in my job at least yeah. <laughs> that I'm not going to get an email at eight o'clock at night. That's like DEF CON five respond to this now yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be happening for your kids in school. Yeah. Hopefully um, not. <laughs> if it's a real emergency, someone's probably going to call you. For right. Sure. Yeah. So I think that that is one definitive way I've forced myself to stop taking work home Good. into the other parts of my home. Good. I think that'll help, that'll help parents even kind of separate, I feel like the hats and responsibilities that they have in some ways, right? Because um, yeah, hopefully those designated spaces kind of help you have, um, have kind of your rhythm and your spaces for everything that you're doing, whether it's relaxation, whether it's dinner at the table, right? That's a designated space um, and then schoolwork as well. So man, really, really great right. there. Um, awesome. I guess the next one we have, we're going to keep rolling on here. Uh, this one I also heard in another podcast. Um, and, of course, this one is maybe contingent on your schedule, the rhythm you're trying to establish. Um, but for the first time in kind of the, the history of at least the, the recent past, um, students have the ability to sleep in. And so one person in a podcast said, let them sleep. Like, they don't have to get up at 630 uh, anymore, seven o'clock. Uh, and again, this is contingent on uh, their school schedules and how the virtual experience is really set up. But if they have the ability to sleep in, um, this is an okay season to let them sleep in, right? Because uh, before this, a lot of studies have shown that students were um, sleep deprived in a lot of contexts. Uh, it also showed that the earlier they woke up, um, it was kind of harder for them to get engaged in classwork. And so, um, some professionals had recommended, yeah, if you let them sleep in, it does a couple of things. First, they are more well-rested, which is uh, which was a very um, not-so-common thing pre-pandemic, that everyone was well-rested. So if they could sleep in for that extra 30 minutes or hour, that could make a big difference in their educational experience. Uh, in addition, they're better rested. And I know uh, if I'm sleep-deprived, I can be grouchy as all get-out, man. Uh, it's like unreal. And so um, if they're able to get some sleep, that enables you to get your coffee, uh, to relax a bit before they wake up. And hopefully just kind of the mood um, is a bit better for everybody, right? Um, and it, again, it kind of enables you as the parents, as the leaders to just kind of have your time to prepare for the day, especially because, again, you guys are wearing so many hats nowadays. I don't know how you do it. You should be paid and I'm sorry you're not, but uh, it will just enable you to hopefully find that kind of airspace, that um, that headspace to just relax, to focus on the big things, to prioritize and to take care of yourself before you have to take care of other people. So um, it, it's a small thing, but it could have big impact. Let, let them sleep in for a little bit and uh, 
and go from there. So that's the second thing. And, you know, no one ever has to tell me to sleep in uh, twice. I will do it. Uh, and so I encourage you guys, if, uh, if you're out there, to let your young people sleep in for a little bit. It doesn't really hurt them. In fact, I think it helps them a lot. So um, that's the second point. Yeah. Next one. Mike, you got it, man. Yeah. Um, I think for sure, um, building on that, letting them sleep, is finding a rhythm for the morning. So there's obviously all kinds of scenarios um, for parents. Some parents are back in person at work. Some parents are still working from home. Yeah. Whether it's letting them sleep in an hour or 30 minutes, like whatever that is, finding a rhythm for the morning can be really helpful um, for, for setting things off right for school yeah. um, this fall. Because when you think about life, like most of our lives are built around different rhythms, right? Churches have rhythms. Uh, we usually call that liturgy, but uh, some churches don't use that language, but that's what we're doing, right? You know, there's a welcome, there's announcements, there's songs. You, you usually get into the groove at your church. You know, there's two songs, then a this, then two mm -hmm. songs, then a sermon. You know, there's rhythms to how we do worship. Yeah. And in the same way, rhythms in our mornings can really be helpful to set things straight. And maybe not every morning is the same. Maybe Mondays and Tuesdays are different from Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mm. But if you say, hey, everyone's going to have an hour to get moving in the morning. Yeah. You have to be up at nine o'clock. Then you can say, hey, by 10 o'clock, you need to have all your hygiene covered, brush your teeth, take a shower, whatever, yeah. and you need to eat something. And then at 10 o'clock, you're moving, you're working. And you set that time frame of, hey, from 10 to 12, everyone in the house is working. I'm working on my job. You're working on schoolwork. Yeah. You know, that's what, also, there's the dynamic of if there's synchronous Zoom meetings for classes, uh, you'll have to build it around that. But having that built-in rhythm in the morning can be a really helpful way to make sure everyone's on the same page. Because again, when everyone's stuck at home together, there's multiple uh, different paths that are going to be intersecting yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. And so the less that you clash with one another, uh, the better you'll be moving forward. And that rhythm gives a sense of normalcy yeah. in a time when things aren't pretty normal. Yeah. Right. So if you can try to build in a rhythm that works for your family, even just for a month or two, you can reevaluate it afterwards. Yeah. I think that'll be a really helpful way for you to keep yourself sane. Yeah. And um, and I know when we were talking about this podcast, you even mentioned that just having that rhythm inherently communicates. So like if it's work time, then I know mom and dad are working and I shouldn't um, interrupt unless it's urgent. Right. And so um. Yeah, I just thought, I think that's a great point, and I think a lot of people would benefit from rhythm. I know I would. Not the best at it, um, to be candid, but uh, yeah, rhythm's a very nice thing, especially in a world that's wildly unpredictable, which I think if we've learned anything about 2020, it's that it is wildly unpredictable. Um, but anyway, thanks for that, man. Uh, I guess uh, in addition to that, kind of uh, building upon that, the next thing that we wanted to share today is prioritize, and that's probably... Um, probably a word you've heard a lot to prioritize. And I'm, I know when I hear that word, I kind of get angry because I'm like, I'm doing the best I can in life right now, right? Um, but we don't say any of this stuff with uh, that pressure there. Um, but we encourage you to prioritize, especially because um, as parents, as teachers and leaders, right now you guys are getting so much more work on your plate, especially if you are homeschooling kids for the first time. It's probably a bit of anxiety and a lot of um, emotions that come to that. And so um, 
we encourage you guys to prioritize. Just take the biggest, most important things, whether, you know, that could include the passion project. That could include what, uh, what your students, your child's biggest needs are right now in school or in social life. To prioritize just a couple things, not everything, but pick the most things that you could do. Limit what uh, you are taking on because uh, you can't be all things to all people. And guess what? That's okay. That's a good thing. What a relief that I can't be all things to all people. Um, you shouldn't be all things to all people either. So prioritize what it is that you're doing uh, and take care of yourself in that. And that'll just help you self-care to, you know, to take the most important things and to prioritize those things. And it could be, you know, the subjects that your students are having maybe a, a hard time in. Um, again, it could be that passion project that uh, you really want them to hone in on. Whatever it is, just pick two to three big things and make sure they're at the top of the list every day and let everything else worry about itself and do what you can in the moment uh, to take care of yourself and what, what you can, uh, everything, and everything else that you can do. So um, that's, that's that, prioritize. <laughs> and then Yeah, I think, um, and part of prioritizing is our next point is about having designated break times. And, and again, we keep coming back to some of these things. You'd think that we planned it out this way, but we really didn't. Um, <laughs> When you have these planned break times, I mean, think about the school day. There are breaks between classes, right? Yeah. Like it's built in. Even in college, there's 10-minute blocks of time to get from place to place. Um, but make it bigger than that. Say, okay, like from these hours, this time frame, we're doing work, but then there's going to be a 30-minute break where I'm just going to rest. I'm going to lay on my bed. I'm going to watch some Netflix. I'm going to work on my passion project. Maybe it's for an hour. Uh, maybe it's um, specific times of each day. Maybe it's different on Mondays than it is on Wednesdays. But those planned break times are going to be crucial for keeping people motivated yeah. um, throughout the day. Because, again, when you're stuck in your house and your bed is only 10 feet away, it's going to be really easy to say, man, I just want to go lay down. Yeah, I'll get to that work later. You yeah. know, that's the lie we all tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, so if you just say, hey, I'm going to be as productive as possible for this span of time, mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to take a break, that's going to be your best bet. When yeah. you learn a new language, it's never good to just sit with a language for two hours straight and, and just cram it all in. Yeah. That's not how our brains work. It's better if you spend 30 to 40 minutes and then take a break and come back to it for another 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. When it comes to working in the same space monotonously for hours at a time, uh, it'll be really crucial to have those planned break times to yeah. work on different things. Yeah. And that's a that's such a tricky like that's such an important task, right? Because I feel like it helps us remain sane. It is it is a way that we can care for ourselves. Um, and uh, and I think for those listening, only you know what that looks like for you. Um, I know Mike and I, again, we don't have kids, so we don't know what it's like to always have, you know, that, that person in the house that's kind of needing us all the time, right? And so um, whatever that looks like for you, even if it's a break with your kids, right? Uh, you guys take a walk around the neighborhood, um, do whatever you need to do. Um, but yeah, that's such an important thing, especially uh, for those who are feeling like, feeling like they're just so overwhelmed and inundated with, uh, with all of the hats that they're wearing. So um Really, really good point, and uh, that brings us to our last point. Probably, uh, in my biased opinion, maybe one of the mo more important points and more important disciplines that we could all engage in. Um, it's something that I know we all probably have to engage in from here and there, 
Uh, and that last point is to be forgiving. Uh, forgive yourself. You're not going to get it all done. You're not going to do it perfectly. And guess what? That's okay. Because I think the worst critic in this season is ourselves. When we leave something undone, when we don't execute it perfectly, uh, when we even get cranky and angry and frustrated, which all of those emotions are probably very valid, um, we just have to adjust to learn to grow self-aware and forgive ourselves. Um, and uh, one thing that I heard in a podcast is uh, don't do those things that will um, emotionally pressure you. Give yourself permission to let things go and give yourself forgiveness to uh, not doing things exactly in the way or in the time or in the manner that you would like to, uh, like to do it. And so I think that's probably one of the best things that we can do is just to forgive ourselves, to um, not be so hard on ourselves. Uh, because a year ago this time, no one was thinking about having to uh, homeschool their kids in this way. You know, no one was thinking about a global pandemic. And in some ways, you know, no one was just thinking about, about all the tensions that we're even experiencing in the world today. And so um, that's a lot. And as parents and teachers, you guys have a lot on your plates. And so forgive yourselves, take it easy, uh, and try and implement some of these other tips. And I think collectively, um, they could be very helpful in this season. So um, yeah, I don't know. Would you have anything you'd like to add to that, Mike? Yeah, you know, maybe I would it be inappropriate to add like I don't know some kind of Bible verse to the midst of the Paul, uh, dude, go for it. People like know who we are and what we do, and so I think it's totally all right. Yeah, so I I think just a general uh, I just combine genuine and general yeah, a general um, principle that will go a long way. Now this is totally easier said than done. That's yeah. why it's written in the Bible. It's like oh, it's such a profound idea but impossible to implement yeah seriously but this will change the way that you you interact with people it'll also uh change the way you interact with your families uh it's james 119 and it says let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger mm. and if we really prioritize this as the people of god as a church global but also has individual families in a time that is not ideal for anyone. Um, if we are quick to hear, right, we're prioritizing hearing the other people's needs, hearing the other people's passions, hearing the other people's desires. If we're slow to speak, if we are slow to pass judgment in a time where everyone has to have an opinion and comment yeah. on everything, especially when you're cooped up at home and you're online yeah. probably more than usual, um, everyone feels like they need to talk, yeah. right? If we're slower to speak, if we are more focused on listening, yeah. inevitably we will be slower to anger. Hmm. And families know uh, the less anger amongst family members, the more peaceful the household, right? Seriously, yes. But if we really prioritize that principle, those three, that threefold um, admonition in the book of James, I think that that will change the dynamic in any household. And, that, and it can be, one of the annoying things that you say back to one another, like sure. as someone starts to get too worked up about something, like whoa, whoa, whoa. let's be quick to quick to hear and slow to speak. Yeah, like let let's relax. Let's take a step back from this because we're all look, we're all gonna get worked up. We're all gonna be uh, a version of ourselves we don't want to be at different yeah. points amongst this new season. Yeah. Um, but if we can remind one another, like, we can be better, we can do better, and we all want to do better. Yeah. Like, 
in a family, everyone succeeds when one person is thriving, right? Like if you're thriving, that inevitably will overflow to the other people in your family. But if everyone is struggling, typically we pull one another down. So if we put this principle into action, I think that that's going to be something that goes a long way um, for families, but also just the church. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would add to what's been said. And that's good. It sounds like you have a, a, a passion project ready to go, a book to write about uh, family <laughs> dynamics, man. <laughs> See, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, uh, that kind of concludes our list, guys. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Um, don't feel like you have to do all of these things right now because uh, the likelihood is that uh, if we try and do all of them at once, we'll actually end up doing none of them well. And so um, try and commit to just one of these things that uh, challenge you most or encourage you the most and try and lean into it and make that come to life in your own context, in your household. Uh, lean into that well and when you feel like you have that down well, Come back to episode nine of The Well and re-listen to it and pick another one. Um, don't feel like you have to do all of these things at once because the last thing we want for you guys to feel is inundated with more things you have to do. Um, we just want you to care for yourselves and take care of yourselves and your young people. And so just try one thing at a time. Uh, implement it. Think, uh, think of creative ways to try it out. And then when you feel like you have that rhythm going, come back. Try some, something else. And, uh, and go from there. And once again, uh, if all fails, that's okay. Forgive yourself uh, and keep, keep chugging forward. Um, but anyway, that is all we have for today's episode of, uh, of homeschooling hacks. I think that was a, I, I felt like pretty good about some of those things. How are you feeling, Mike? Uh, I feel good. I mean, I think I'm probably a genius. Uh, I think yeah. all parents uh-huh. should listen to me. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> with all of my years of experience yeah yeah kids i'm you know? a lot right yeah <laughs> parenting's so easy i don't know why everyone's struggling with yeah. it um to be clear since no one knows me i'm absolutely kidding totally uh, being sarcastic so glad that i was able to join you today man it yeah a I mean, lot of fun. seriously thanks for being here and, and parents we just want to applaud you for what you're doing um and uh we hope that this is continually a resource for you guys um, and we always want to keep the conversation going. If you find that uh, you want to hear about a topic or a point of conversation, um, go ahead and email us. Uh, the email for our podcast is thewell@clcfamily.church, and you can send anything in, even if it's a comment about the podcast or a complaint. Uh, you can submit it, just sign your name, and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Uh, in addition, we are on social media. If you are on the social media, the Instagram or the Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, we are at the.well.podcast. And on Facebook, we are at thewellpodcast1. That's the number one, uh, not the word. Uh, and once again, thanks, Mike, for joining us, man. We really appreciate you and your ministry and all you're doing in Pittsburgh. And even though you're a Steelers fan, we will forgive you just like the Lord has forgiven us. Um, but uh, You know, I just want to say that you know, Eagles fans are always talking about Pittsburgh fans. Yeah. Pittsburgh fans don't talk about the Eagles. That's true. You guys are a non-issue for us. Yeah. So keep on throwing that out there for us. But we're yeah. not really concerned about the battle for Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was won long ago. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So no animosity here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, man, really appreciate you. And once again, parents, thanks for tuning in uh, to The Well. We hope to see you next time. Until then, take care. We'll see you soon.